Welcome to the Do The Woo podcast, where we talk all things WooCommerce and any e-commerce news that affects you as a Woo user. A big thanks to our sponsor, Ahoy, the perfect way to recover and boost your WooCommerce online store's revenue. Their automated marketing message lets you easily create and fine-tune your message box for increased conversions. The combination of giving you more control over cart abandonment, instant upsells, and targeted cross-sells is any e-commerce site owner's dream come true. I'll be sharing a bit more about Ahoy later in the show. Till then, you can get an exclusive 20% off by going to useahoy.com forward slash bobwp and use the code bobwp and now on to the show and we are back with another episode of do the woo episode number 28 i'm your host brad williams joined by my esteemed co-host bob wp bob what's going on I, I was gonna fake um that I dropped here again. We before the show I kept uh having issues and my internet quit and everything and I was just gonna disappear and have you freak out for a moment, but then you'd just run with it. So I'm doing good. Good. Feel free to drop, Bob. We got this. We don't need you. You know, I know if I <laughs> if I just fade out, you know, everybody will nobody will even know. We'll so. keep chugging along <laughs> yeah. in, uh, one way or another. And uh the reason we'll be able to do that is because we've got a really cool guest on today. Uh, Michael Tieso is joining us. Welcome to the show, Michael. Thank you for having me. Excited to have you on here. So why don't you, uh, for those not familiar, give everyone a little intro, who you are, what you do, and uh, how that relates to WooCommerce. Yeah, so uh, I'm Michael, and uh, I live in Italy, in Bologna, Italy. I'm from New Jersey, though I haven't lived there in a long time and been remote working and living in different parts of the world. And uh, last couple of years, I've been in Italy. What I do, boy, if, what don't I do these days? And I'm, it seems like every other month I'm like starting up another business or another project or something. So I'm doing many things at once. But uh, Bob, the last time I spoke to you, I, I told you about uh, my Tero, my mate tea business. Mm-hmm. And so still doing that. And that's expanded. So I, I, that's my Woo store that started off as me. Uh, uh, playing around with Woo in a live environment that has turned into something much bigger in a very large warehouse. But uh, outside of that, I also just started a, a new business, another one called uh, Regio Design Studio. And with that one, it's basically a lot of what I have already been doing for the last couple of years, uh, freelancing, but now I am... Uh, just branding it under a name. So a lot of client work when it comes to uh, WooCommerce, but also other services as well, uh, because I'll be hiring a lot more help and I do have contractors mm-hmm. as well. So uh, Shopify as well, design work and um, all things e-commerce, but a little bit outside of e-commerce as well. Very cool. Yeah, let's uh, let's dig into that a little bit. So you mentioned, I, first I want to start with your store. And I think we probably have to start with the, the I'm not familiar with this, the, the pronunciation. You said it's mate? Mate, yeah. It's a drink. Yeah, so it's a, a drink out of South America. Uh, it's very commonly 
drank in Argentina, Uruguay, Southern Brazil, uh, and other parts as well, in Paraguay. And um, it's very, very popular, especially in places like Uruguay. That's huge. Everyone knows about it. And uh, it just hasn't caught on for the rest of the world yet. Mm-hmm. Well, in the States in particular. But I'm, I'm hoping to catch that wave that maybe one day will catch on. And this this is this was born. You mentioned you were kind of tinkering around with WooCommerce for fun, and it just kind of evolved into an actual store that you decided to start selling. I've always wanted it to be a business, but I guess when I started it, I didn't have an idea of how big it could become or what's involved in starting a, a store that sold physical goods. So mm-hmm. I wanted to be the I wanted to be someone that had an e-commerce store that actually sold something rather than just building sites for people. I wanted to do something where I was on the other side and get the real experience. Uh, and it's taught me a lot in terms of um, things that are behind the scenes that typically I would have no involvement in when I'm building a store, which would be like warehouse management, uh, taxes, or just all these other things that are really complex. You don't, really need to think about if you're building the store, but, um, mm-hmm. has been interesting, interesting learning experience. Kind of dog fooding in a sense, right? Like, uh, using the software that you, for yourself, that you would, uh, build for your clients, um, within your business. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, learning a lot about many other fields that I previously had no experience with. And that would be like, uh, marketing in terms of, um, Facebook ads or Google AdWords and then selling on Amazon and eBay and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Uh, and so that's a whole nother world and I've been digging into it more and more. It's been a costly business, but I'm also learning a lot. It's like kind of like taking a course or something. And you were, you, you were the WordPress world, the WordPress space, and I worked at automatic for a period of time. So WordPress was familiar to you when you, um, dove into this. So I'm assuming that's what kind of influenced the decision to go with WooCommerce or was it something else? Yeah, for sure. I already knew exactly what I needed to get things going. And uh, it felt like I was almost like cheating because I knew exactly all of the plugins I would want. Uh, the downside there really was that I wanted to install all of the plugins because I knew what everything did and mm-hmm. I knew like what it would take to break things and not to do that. So uh, I could go really far and just make whatever I want to make. Uh, but that just what I've learned was that added a lot to the complexity of the store and I had to scale it back and, and bring it back down be like, what am I trying to sell before mm-hmm. I add on this other plugin and that added another 20 features that maybe didn't actually bring any business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, the blessing and the curse of a very extensible system um, like WordPress, right? Is, uh, and I'm sure we've all seen this. You log into someone's site and there's 50 plugins and they're all running and, uh, you got to ask yourself why, you know, and I think Bob, you and I have talked about this on previous episodes where, um, you know, we really recommend when you're launching a store or even just a WordPress website or a website in general is to sit down before you do anything, sit down and kind of map out your goals, what you're looking to accomplish, at least for the first iteration, the launch MVP version one, whatever you want to call it, um, really map out the requirements to, to get there um, prior to installing anything. And that way, um, rather than just installing everything and anything, you really have a plan of what you want to bring to the table, what you want to install, what you want to configure and what your goal is for that first version to get it live. Cause that's, 
version one's always the hardest version, right? What they say. So, <laughs> yeah. And it's important, I think, to remind yourself of your goals and to revisit it every now and then to, to change anything that needs to be changed. But I find myself even knowing this, going back to putting in features that nobody wanted. So, uh, I have to just every now and then be like, okay, let's go through my features and plugins and all that I have in my store. And if it's not been very helpful, perhaps I should remove it. And why did I add it in the first place? If I knew, if I didn't even know if people were going to use it in the beginning. So, uh, been a little bit more strategic about adding different things to the store now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One things I, and Michael, we talked about it when I had you on the other podcast. And what I think is interesting is, the experience as a developer and then the experience as a store owner. And we touched on that a bit on how you're probably your perspective changed a lot, you know, from developer to store owner, just because as a developer, yeah, you can always, you know, try to have that empathy for the, for the store owner, but until you're in there actually battling the battles, mm -hmm. it can be a whole different view. Yeah, and I've been battling some some things that are just maybe because I have the insider knowledge of how things should work. It kind of frustra frustrates me when things don't work the way I, I think that they should be working. And, and this tends to happen with a lot of integrations and uh, with third-party integrations that have not been well-coded or reviewed. It has nothing to do with, with Woo, but it was like you know somebody made an integration with Woo. Uh, and it was just badly coded. And I'm like, I just wasted so much time to integrate with your platform and it doesn't even work well. <laughs> so that's, that's just part of the struggle, I guess. And then I'm like fixing their bugs as well and telling them what they need to fix. <laughs> so many pull requests so you can get your, get your site working. Um, yeah, that's, uh, sad and funny, I guess, but, um, I'd like to hear maybe if, if anything, you know, something maybe that you discovered or learned that, um, once you started building your own site, once you've started to administer and run your own site within WooCommerce, your own e-commerce store, that maybe you ha have a different perspective on or, or didn't know or realize prior to when you were, you know, doing the sites for clients or, or for other people, is there anything that kind of comes, stands out top of mind that, um, was kind of a bit of an eye opener once you were the one that actually, you know, had to had to dig in and work with it. Um, I think that I should have in the beginning. One thing I did learn was that I should have been more open to changes, and because I had a store in the beginning, there wasn't a lot of sales, so I should have been more open to making more drastic changes to the site. That uh, if I'm not going to get, there's not like a, a sale every day in the beginning. And uh, now there's several, so I have to be careful about any changes that I make. But at first, I should have been more comfortable, I think, with making uh, bigger decisions and uh, mm -hmm. just kind of changing the structure of the website and just learning. Instead, I was just uh, being really careful about the smallest things and spending maybe a little bit too much time on things that didn't even matter also. Mm -hmm. uh, and maybe been a little bit more flexible about it. Things at first, yeah, that's that's a good point. And I'm curious, um, how do you test things like that, right? So there's there's a lot of different ways you can kind of get feedback from users and um, and test whether this change made a difference or not. Um, what's your general approach to testing? 
the text on a button or, or maybe a new feature, like you said, to see, oh, I'm spending, you know, a, a large majority of my time on this, this feature that actually my users aren't even using. Like, how do you identify those areas that, that you should be focusing on versus the areas that, you know, your customers just don't seem to, 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 care, to care about or it doesn't interest them in, in terms of purchasing your products? I don't have a solution to that yet because I'm still trying to figure it out. But I've been using Hotjar, and that's worked out really well to see what people are navigating. That's really changed what, like, oh, that person just clicked on something else that I thought mm-hmm. would be totally useful somewhere else. But uh, so Hotjar has been really helpful. But um, it's it's just a lot of let's turn it on and see what happens. But uh, there's a, asking for feedback is so difficult. Yeah. Uh, I don't have even currently don't have the scale that if I get even just one feedback, it would be really difficult because maybe a thousand purchases w- would be made and one person would give me feedback on uh, some sort of pop up or something like that. So, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure if that one person it can. Re- they, I'm listening to what they say, but I'm not sure if what they had just said really makes sense for the thousand plus other purchases. Right. Maybe they're just the, the vocal minority that yeah. decided to <laughs> complain about something, but it doesn't mean it's that's what everyone feels. That is a challenge. And I don't think there is a, there is a silver bullet to any of that, right? For any store, large or small, it's it's like like you said, it's kind of a you're it's you're iterating. It's a process. Um and tools, uh, you know, Crazy Egg's another one that we've used in the past. It's it's really interesting when you watch a recording of somebody navigating your website, whether you're selling a product or like in my, our case, we're just selling services. Right. But just to see, you know, a conversion for us is somebody contacting us saying, Hey, I'm interested in a website build. That's our conversion where a conversion for you is someone actually buying a product. Uh, but just to see what they're doing, what they're clicking on, maybe they're trying to click on something that isn't actually a link and you realize, Oh, there's some confusion here. Hmm. You know, how can I make it less confusing? Maybe what they're clicking on should be a link. Um, or, or do some split AB testing, things like that on text on buttons and what might work, but it is a, you're right. It's a process that is never, it's never done. (laughs) Yeah. Always iterating. Right. I'm curious, uh, on one of the things you've done lately, uh, you've started selling on eBay and what has been your experience, you know, what made you decide to do that? And also what kind of make a comparison of, selling on eBay versus selling on your own store. What, what those experiences have been selling on eBay was a completely random decision that I had no idea was going to work. Uh, I didn't know that it was still so popular. And, uh, I haven't shopped on eBay in ages. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been primarily Amazon. So that's like another 50% of the U S e-commerce shoppers. Right. But it's been, um, it was just a total shock to me. And so when I started selling on there, I first, it was because the barrier of entry to eBay is so easy. It doesn't require much. You can sell. There is a limit to how much you can sell, but that's just to get your feet wet a little bit. And just um, so maybe the listing is like 10 listings at first. And mm-hmm. this was just primarily just testing things out. Like what marketplaces mm-hmm. can I get in? And Amazon is, is not super easy to get in. There's a much more strict process to that. Uh, they just require more documentation really. Uh, and that, that takes, it's, I'm still not on Amazon because it, it's taken ages, but with eBay, it, it was just simple as just signing up and same day I got my listing up there. Uh, and then as time went on, eBay continued to sell more and more. And, um, 
my listing allowance went up further. And so then called up eBay and they allowed now some ridiculous number of listings. And I just put my entire inventory there. And I have it entirely synced with WooCommerce. So the way that my process is right now, all the my product descriptions, prices, everything is happening in WooCommerce and WordPress rather. And then it gets pushed over to eBay. And then whenever a sale happens on eBay, it comes back to Woo as a new order. And mm. then it goes, you know, it's processing at that point. And Easy Post does my fulfillment. Uh, and they take in all of my order data from WooCommerce. So uh, and then when uh, my when it's been fulfilled, Easy Post automatically go then tells Woo uh, processing to complete. So it's there's basically I'm using Woo as like the hub of all things that are connecting outside of it. And these are all external apps, the eBay, and then I, uh, I'm also experimenting with uh, Wish.com to not not super successful, but that's something that I'm also experimenting on. Amazon eventually. Uh, and several other marketplaces, but like Woo will be my main site where the inventory is all counted right there. And it's also really nice because my product descriptions are all in one place and all these other marketplaces have the same product description. I don't have to log in. I hardly ever log into eBay.com itself unless uh, someone files a return or something else, but otherwise everything happens in Woo and it just syncs up everywhere else. Uh, so it's been really, really easy. And uh, also I've learned that eBay is a good starting point for a lot of marketplaces because like, if you want to sell on Walmart or Sears or there's other, other places, they sometimes even ask you for your eBay or other places that you've sold. So if you're starting out uh, selling physical stuff, like eBay is a good way to just get your, get a few orders in so you can show other marketplaces like, hey, it's working. Uh, and then they're more likely to get approved uh, everywhere else. So was that integration um, pretty seamless? I've been through several different types of integrations. Uh, and I've tried uh, SaaS apps as well for the integration. And the one that's been really successful for me right now is a plugin called WP Lister. It's a premium plugin. And uh, they even have an Amazon integration. And that one's been really, really great. I'm pretty happy with it. I can even set it. So eBay does charge a uh, significant percentage, right, for each sale like, as a fee. And then there's other things that you can buy to promote it, like ads and stuff. But I can say if my product is $10, when it gets pushed over to eBay, uh, charge an additional 10 or 20% extra. So mm-hmm. you can account for that stuff. Or eBay is also a big fan of free shipping. And so you can just say, if my product has $10 on my Woo site, 25% that, so that on eBay. So I don't even have to think about how much extra, everything's just percentage over to to eBay. Uh, And I have my one price on Woo if they decide to just shop directly on my website or if they would rather have the security or maybe they found me on uh, eBay. But hopefully I can get on Amazon eventually, but uh, it's just been a little, they require a lot more documentation. I'm still in that process. Yeah, that's really cool. I, I kind of, uh, I, I understand what you're saying about eBay because recently I started getting back on eBay and I was like, man, I haven't been here in a decade. I feels like, you know, where I actually would just look there for things. But now that I have a son, 
um, I'm realizing, oh, some of the things I want, it's actually easier to find on eBay versus <laughs> Amazon. I think we get this in our mind where we just default to Amazon for everything, but there's obviously some a lot of other good marketplaces out there, eBay and other stores that, um, you know, have some of the things we're looking for that maybe Amazon doesn't or better pricing, you know. Um, interesting point about eBay. So it's really about finding your where your where your product is going to work best, regardless of the platform, right? Um, and as many platforms as you can that are going to work for you, and manage them in a centralized. Probably that's the number one tip: is to manage them in a centralized spot, or else it wouldn't be manageable without a larger team, right? Yeah, and I, I've even tried more recently. I've tried Google Shopping. So they, they call it Google Shopping Actions if you're going to push your products over to Google Shopping. Hmm. And uh, I really wanted that to work. I, I think the, the idea of it is super cool. And you can, you know, call out Google and your home device and you can buy something and it, it could be adding my product to your shopping cart. And it's buying directly from me. So I really liked that, but my customers just don't seem to be on there. Uh, hmm. And so I'm going to... I, I've now made the more recent decision of I, I need to focus even heavier on eBay because that's working. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, I'm going to experiment on some other marketplaces, but uh, if I'm not going to force it to continue trying to work if it's not working, because on Google Shopping you need to pay to be even be listed. Like there's, it works through AdWords, so you can't get listed unless you pay, and you pay per click, or I think it's just clicks or impressions, maybe. Mm. Uh, so there, there's so many different models for, for all of this, uh, for all the different marketplaces, but the integrations can sometimes be difficult, uh, trying to find it all to, to work with your, with Woo, but WP, uh, Lister seems to be working pretty well for me. Did you set up the integration prior to testing eBay directly, um, to see if it would be successful or, or was your first push to get products in there through the, the WP listing uh, extension that you mentioned i've tried other platforms uh and i didn't like the, so i've i pushed it through other platforms first and i had some difficulties pushing it and uh, i immediately said to myself from the very beginning there's just no way that i want to manage all of my products separately from what i have because the inventory right. back then was pretty limited and i didn't want them to be out of sync nor did i want them to the like have separate inventory only for ebay and so that would have just added to the confusion there. I just wanted a very seamless integration. Mm-hmm. Today's show is brought to you by Ahoy. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, Ahoy will take care of both recovered revenue and increased conversions of your WooCommerce store. Creating and controlling the message box is easy. Most importantly, it helps you with those e-commerce conversion hotspots card abandonment, instant upsells, and targeted cross-sells. They have some really slick reporting features built in to help keep you on top of the game. And of course, excellent customer service. Having written about a lot of e-commerce products around WordPress for a few years now, I can see that Ahoy brings the solutions to the store owner that helps them with the conversions that they need. In fact, I'm positive you'll immediately start seeing an ROI once you have it set up and running. Oh, and how can I forget? Ahoy offers a money-back guarantee if you don't start seeing results in 14 days. So what are you waiting for? Head on over to use ahoy.com 
forward slash Bob WP and use the code Bob WP to get 20% off any of their plans. So let's get back to the show. Okay, let's kind of flip over. I, I want to learn a little bit more about, okay, so you've just recently kind of launched this, the, your digital studio. Is that pronounced Reggio? Yeah, Reggio Digital Studio. Okay. What I was wondering is, okay, so you were you know at WooCommerce for quite some time, and that's where we met. And then you left WooCommerce, and you were doing development freelance, like you said. Then you started this store, and you didn't have enough to do, so you decided to open up this digital studio, which offers quite a bit. You know, I mean, it offers development branding, uh, the whole ball and wax. So, what is what was your? Are are you just back into that space where you want to kind of build up an agency versus the freelancing? What kind of made you make that bit of a shift? Well, like I was saying earlier, it's basically branding the work that I'm already doing. And uh, I've been freelancing for a while and people have said, I recommend hiring Michael. Uh, And uh, I just wanted to put basically a brand to everything. So I have so many projects and uh, people wanted just advice or help and or consulting with how they can build up their own store. And I wanted to build it into something even bigger because there's, I'm learning a lot from building this, uh, from building Matero, having my own store. And uh, I would love to share my experience on that to other clients as well. And um, I guess my, I wanted to do something, I, I suppose, a little bit bigger than the freelance stuff mm-hmm. and uh, build a team that can perhaps even do more than what I can do uh, uh, by myself because I only know so many things and I would love to be able to offer more services and team up to something um, on, a, on a larger project. Cool. Yeah, I love the. Uh, um, I'm just sitting here playing with the animation on the home page of your website. It's, <laughs> it's very I do that every now and then. Yeah. So oh. You definitely got to check it out if for no other reason to play with the animation. Oh, I'm doing that now. Okay, we're going to take a break while we um, play on Michael's side a bit here. Yeah, I do think it's cool that you have that experience that I think many, you know, obviously WooCommerce developers and even agencies don't have, which is running your own store. Um, not just ha- having done it in the past, but actively doing it today. So like some of these experiences that we just talked about, you can bring that to clients and say, hey, have you thought about eBay? Have you thought about Amazon? Have you thought about, you know, uh, Wish or any other site that they could list on? Um, and then bring some of your ideas to the table because in your experiences, maybe it would work, maybe it won't, but here's what you did and here's what kind of worked for you. So I think having that direct hand experience real experience with real products in a real world situation with WooCommerce is, is really valuable for your clients. You know, it's something that not a lot of people can say. Yeah, I hope so. There's a lot of uh, other, this whole experience has also made me realize just um, when, when you're shopping on Amazon, you often don't know who you're buying it from, but when you're shopping on eBay, you, you, you do, it makes it a little bit more clear. And uh, obviously I make the most if you shop directly. So my, call out to everybody listening is that if possible and you trust the website to do do try to shop directly from the e-commerce stores because you're, you're supporting them much more than going through these other platforms cool well good stuff and um i want everybody to know that i'm actually drinking some of michael's tea at this very point it was the first time he had <laughs> sent me some i'm gonna um I, am i gonna pronounce it right is it called yuyo yuyo yeah 
Yeah, it's a citrus organic. Now, I'm not a, it has grapefruit and rosehip, which is interesting because I'm not a grapefruit fan and I'm not a huge tea drinker either, but I, I find that, yeah, it's a citrus taste, but it's not like, oh my God, this is grapefruit. So it's actually pretty good. I, I, you know, I'm not a, like I said, I'm not huge on tea. I used to be at one point and, but, uh, I'm, I'm enjoying it. So thanks. just wanted to give you a live, uh, live reaction here. Unfortunately, it was a positive one, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would have been real awkward if it wasn't positive. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it hasn't been easy to partner with some of these companies out of South America. There's so few contacts out of there. So when I do find a really good Monte company, I, I reach out and, and really try hard to, to get them on board. Be like, hey, and the people actually love this stuff in the States too. And uh, I'm, I've been trying to uh, educate people and, tr- and get people to try it like yourself. And uh, and there's, of course, a lot of people from South America that move to the States or Canada or elsewhere and want access to it and can't find it at their grocery stores. So mm. it's fun uh, trying to partner with companies that are just out in the middle of nowhere and in Argentina and um, trying to get it a huge crate of Monte over to the States and dealing with customs and, and all of that. That's fun. And just trying to get all that stuff over here. They're like, what is this that you're sending? I just saw oh, it's tea, yeah. technically not tea. So like just label it as tea and that's it. They'll get two customs. Oh, well, let's uh, flip over a little bit. Just have a couple things I wanted to add for the end of this show. Uh, one of the things, and I don't know, I, I thought maybe there'd be a bit more, activity on it i there was a tweet the other day or actually it was a while ago um from mario peshev and i believe he he has been on the show he's with um he's at no underscore fear underscore inc inc on twitter and he said i'll be presenting at a e-commerce summit next week regarding the future of woocommerce given the recent 300m investment from at salesforce in automatic What's your take on the future of e-commerce? And a few people came in, and I know we this has been talked about a lot, so I don't want to rehash it. But, uh, you know, there wasn't a lot of, there was some feedback, and most people, you know, said it's a good thing. Some people said, oh, you know, it's uh, really is not going to make any difference to WooCommerce. Just wondering if either one of you have any thoughts on that, or are you pretty much status quo? Uh, I'm not sure that it's going to make a huge difference, but if it does, it's going to maybe make a difference uh, in several years later. You can look through the history of WooCommerce.com and and its marketplace. Things seem to go a bit slow, it seems, uh, at least on the public side. And you don't see a ton of changes on the front end. And the, the most we see really is just on GitHub on WooCommerce and whenever a new extension comes out. So it's really hard to know what's going on behind the scenes and having been now automatic it, it, things just can take time so it it's hard to know how they're going to really distribute all that but uh, i'm confident that they'll you know distribute that quite well and they'll make good use of that money there but uh it's it's going to we won't be able to like tie one specific thing to say oh this this is going to be utilized for this one thing i don't know that's my guess anyway mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's you're right. Like, obviously, automatic now has so many different kind of arms 
um, and revenue streams and areas that, you know, this investment is going to trickle into WooCommerce being one of those. Um, and, and Salesforce has uh, their own, own commerce platform. Um, I'm not really familiar with it, but I believe it's for kind of the uh, the larger larger side of commerce, um, whereas Woo is pretty accessible to any size, you know, online store, small or large. So I, you know, I think it'll be interesting. Obviously, Salesforce um, is, you know, the number one CRM out there. It's massive. It's huge. They have a ton of users. Um, we work with it a lot with a lot of our enterprise, mid and uh, enterprise level clients. Um, I think being an investor in WordPress itself is makes a ton of sense because it's the biggest platform on the web, right? So anything they can do to have tighter integration uh, between the services, um, I think will be a win for both sides. You know, how that directly impacts WooCommerce, I don't, yeah, that's that's kind of TBD. That's a tough one. And um, and honestly, Bob, I didn't even reply to that tweet because I was like, I don't know how to sum this up in a tweet or two, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and usually <laughs> if I can't sum it up in a tweet or two, I just don't tweet it. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, you know, I. Uh, I don't know. I mean, that's a really good question is how does it, how does it impact WooCommerce? How does it impact WordPress as a whole? There'll certainly be an impact, but yeah, it might be hard to put your thumb on exactly like this is the one thing that, 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 that capital, you know, created. Um, I think ultimately maybe things will actually speed up because there will be more resources, more people, larger company, uh, more capital to fund it so they can get, um, you know, play around with some more interesting things. But I don't know. It's hard to say. Yeah, it's really hard to say right now. But either way, it'll, uh, I hope it's good for for WordPress. I think it will be. Um, but I think that's what we're all thinking right now is it's open source, and you know we're all we're all in on WordPress, and we want it to remain the open web. And I think I don't see any reason why it wouldn't, based on the message that we're we're hearing from Matt and uh, and the Salesforce side. So well, the one acquisition that had outside of Tumblr, the, the another one that kind of flew under the radar for from some places that Prosperous was acquired. And that's an exciting one, I think, because mm-hmm. that team is so talented. That I'm not sure if you spoke about this already, but it's uh, exciting to see subscriptions as part of the automatic family. Uh, and now that they'll have a ton of resources for that as well. It's such a successful plugin, and there's so much talent in that team that uh, I think that's going to go really, really far out automatic. Yeah. Yeah, Brent. And uh, I think we've been trying to get Brent on the show for <laughs> the whole year. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I think so. And we'll, we'll still work on it. I'm going to very hard to coordinate times in Australia, <laughs> but we'll get we'll get them on at some point. But yeah, they are, you're right. They're an awesome team. Very, very talented. Good people over there. And they make, you know, subscriptions, among other things. But that's certainly their their top top right. billing. And to your point of developers and doing things the right way, they certainly know how to do it the right way. So, yeah, for sure. Well, I promised uh, Mario that you guys would at least um, fill in because he wanted some forecast from me. Which so our answer is we don't know, Mario. We don't know, man. You got yeah. I said I. I told him. He said, "Oh, I was expecting one from you," and I just said I'm weak and listen to the crowd. I, I'm, I'm more <laughs> of a listener than a joiner in the conversation. So, um, so anyway, that was interesting, and I'll put a link in the show notes to that tweet. Uh, the other thing is just there's a. Uh, an update coming on the uh, WooCommerce admin. Just curious, um, more than the actual uh, what's around the bend. Have you been diving into that, Michael? Yeah, I did. I did remove it, though, because I was uh, consolidating my plugins, not because it's not awesome. It is awesome. I love the way it looks. Uh, <laughs> but it. I was just consolidating some plugins, and uh, that was just one of them. But 
I do really like the way it looks. The one part that kind of confused me at first is that you have to get used to when you click on right now, if you click on WooCommerce, it takes you directly to like the order screen. I think it is, mm-hmm. right? but, but with the admin menu, I think that if you click on it, it takes you to like a, a dashboard. So like more of like the reports. Mm-hmm. So it was like, I, I did have to change the way I use, I guess, because I'm so used to where the links are. You don't even kind of think about mm-hmm. where the menu items are anymore. It could be in another language and you just know where everything is. And that's so that's I got used to where a menu item was, but it, it changes in the, that plugin. Anything there on the list, Brad, that you um, for the next release that catches your eyes and most of it is beyond what I um, use or comprehend, except maybe the CSV download. Yeah, I mean, it seems like a lot of just tightening up. Mm-hmm. Um Bug fixes, a few changes. I, I need to give it another run because honestly, I haven't, I haven't used it with the last few releases. It's been, it's been. I think it was earlier in the year the last time I gave it a, uh, gave it a shot. Um, and there's been a number of releases since, so I need to get back in there maybe for our next show and and give it another run and see what's changed. It looks like there's definitely some visual changes as well too. But um, you know, I'm curious to see, you know, what the, okay, I see the the next release is actually going to be in like a week and a half. Yeah. So I will make that a point before the next show to give it a run through and see the differences and changes. But, uh, you know, I, I, I love the, I, I love the way they're building it, right? Like as, as a feature plugin essentially. So, um, it's definitely the right way you can install it. You can play with it. You can check it out and then you can remove it if you're not ready for it. So, um, just like Michael did <laughs> clean up those plugins. <laughs> yeah. yeah I'll, I'll revisit it myself. It's, yeah. it's been a while. Well, I think that, uh, pretty much wraps it up and, it's great having you, Michael. Um, so what, Brad, we should probably have Michael tell us, you know, anything exciting going on and where people can find mm-hmm. you and all that stuff. There's always exciting things going on on, on my Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> it's my full name, Michael Tieso. And uh, from there, you can find links to uh, Regio Di- Digital Studio and to my store. Uh, well, I'm going to pronounce it kind of like the Argentinian way, the com. Or perhaps in more American accent, yerba matero dot com, and I'm sure that you'll be putting this in the show notes where it makes more sense. Very cool, Brad. What's what's going on with you? Um, I have some WordCamps coming up. So this weekend is WordCamp Philly, so I'm excited about that. I'll be there on Saturday, and um, in about a month's time is the biggie, WordCamp US. So. I know, Bob, you're going to be there. I'm coming in. I'll be there the second day on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it got in the way of Halloween a little bit, so I'm going to miss Friday. I don't want to rush out from Halloween and, and miss plans, you know, with my son. That's He's in prime trick-or-treating age, so yeah, it's a big deal. But uh, I'll be out there Saturday. So if you're at WordCamp US, definitely track me and Bob down. I think we might even be uh, doing uh, some do-the-woo action uh, there live. Yeah, yeah, we, we plan on it. We won't... Um... We won't have you hold us to it, but we I, I'm pretty sure we'll we'll swing it this time and I'll be there as well and I'll also be uh, over on um or at WordCamp Seattle the week after. So that that's following the week after. Nice. Be doing some stuff. I'll be talking actually doing a session on podcasting on branding to your podcast and um yeah, be doing some podcasting there. We have a little podcast area we're setting up. So that's gonna be fun. Uh yeah. Michael, it's always a pleasure having you on, um, you know, from thank you, thank across you. the pond and exciting to hear. I definitely 
want people, all those tea lovers to, they've got to, they've got to give this a, a whirl, you know, I'll be disappointed if they don't. <laughs> so, uh, and Brad, always a pleasure meeting up with you again. You know, we do this occasionally. So yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much, Michael. Brad, Great do you show. drink too? Do you drink tea? I'll send you some next time as well. I do. Yeah. I'll have to check it out. I've never, I've never had that type before. Um, I've never heard of it. I don't think, but excellent. Bob gives it the stamp of approval. It must be good. (laughs) (laughs) Pressure's on. All right. Thanks everyone. And uh, join us again uh, in a couple of weeks with do the woo. Well, that's a wrap for today. Again, I want to thank Ahoy for their support from targeted upsells to on-site card abandonment. They have you covered for your woo commerce store. Head on over to useahoy.com forward slash BobWP and use a code BobWP to get 20% off any of their plans. And if you enjoyed the show today, a review or a share is always appreciated. You can follow us on Twitter at DoTheWooPodcast or subscribe on any of your favorite podcast platforms. Thanks for listening and make sure and join us again for some Do The Woo.